about Ross and Patrick. I don't care. Yeah, like, who cares? They obviously care about themselves, but who else do they care about? I don't know. I'm not so sure. Mm, maybe we'll have a guest or two. The world's going up in flames, so, like, who cares? <laughs> who cares? We care. Gross. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares. I'm Patrick. And I'm Ross. And we're married, and we have a 12-week-old. She was 12 weeks today. 12 weeks today, three-month birthday. Wow. She was birthed. She was birthed 12 <laughs> weeks ago. You said birthday. I did? Yeah, I was trying to make fun of you. I said birthday. Yeah, no, you said 12-week birthday. Listeners write in. Tell me who's right. It was me, right? That's what this <laughs> podcast is all about, is who's right, who's, who's wrong. Who's right. Me, always. Thank you. Right before I turned this recording on, we were comparing uh, cricks in our neck. Yeah. You got a crick in your neck? Man, what a crick. What kind of... And what is that? Is it a C-R-I-C-K? A crick in your neck? Uh, Yeah, I guess that's how... Or is it like, I got a creaky neck? Like, it's creaky. Maybe that's what it is, and you just say it like a crick. Like, I got a crick. I remember when I was young, like third or fourth grade, I had a crick in my neck and I could not turn my head. I could not look left. And I remember sitting in my seat, having to turn my entire upper body and feeling like I'm stuck like this now. <laughs> well, didn't you also have a phase um, where you didn't want to move your eyes? You wish that you could just. I hated that eyes. We're so unpredictable. <laughs> I hated Which actually they're very predictable. Well, I couldn't. Maybe I had ADHD as a kid or something. I hated, yeah, that they were always looking around. Like I wanted. <laughs> that is not ADHD. That's like something else. I thought I could control, like if I could control what I was looking at by just moving my body and not the eyes moving around <laughs> in their sockets. That I would have an easier life. Like, I wonder what that is. I mean, to me, it feels like probably sensing some chaos at home. And mm. it's like, let me focus on this like bizarre physical thing. I don't understand. Yeah. Or and perhaps I noticed other people's eyes rarely just looked at me mm. and they people's eyes were just always moving. Yeah. I could see that making somebody so uncomfortable. So it's like if I could a fix like fixate my own eyes in one position <laughs> then maybe your dad's shifty eyes really got to you yeah does he have shifty eyes i don't know <laughs> um and then of course there's the ear issue that i had uh you poor thing that i think we've probably talked about yeah. on the podcast but if if you're new uh <laughs> welcome you're the most important person in the room and <laughs> Also, when I was a child, my ears were big. I got made fun of them. So I fantasized about getting surgery to get them closer to my head. Or I schemed, I would think about rolling up pieces of scotch tape behind my ears and sticking them to the side of my Do head. Do like a poster stick, like yeah. where you just roll it up and you can't see it yep. and they just stay. Yeah. And then I knew that would be unsustainable, so I started consciously sleeping on my side through the night, hoping that the weight of my own head would just make my ears flatten out. You poor thing. Uh, and then uh, something I've been joking about on stage, well, I haven't been, on but where <laughs> in, the, in the last year of my performing, back when I was a comedian in, in front of real people... Uh, I was joking about how I would try to fix my bent wiener uh, mm. the same way. Like, I just thought, well, if I just sleep on it in this <laughs> counter, I'll take countermeasures by sleeping on it and bending it in this direction. Oh, my God. It'll stop. Yeah, so I guess I've always had body dysmorphic kind yeah. of feelings. But I do actually think children probably suffer from body dysmorphia more than we realize. Cause I definitely did too. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, I was obsessed with, um, my skin like at a very young age. And I remember trying to put makeup, um, to cover my moles when mm. I was like seven or eight or mm -hmm. something. Cause like suddenly I just like became aware of them and thought they were grotesque. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let me just use some foundation to like cover up these things, mm -hmm. which, 
um, sadly doesn't work. So within seconds of me attempting the foundation, I discovered it did not work and that my hideous moles were going to be <laughs> on display for everyone. Yeah, and it's it's funny how like a lot of that stuff can come from a, a friend, somebody making fun of you yeah. just once or even mentioning like, I, yeah, like my freckles always got mentioned. So I was always self-conscious mm-hmm. of them. And uh, yeah, I wonder if somebody mentioned your moles and possibly even in a positive way. And yet you're like, oh, wait, I have a thing that people can notice. I think for me, it came from my mother's own hypochondria. Mm. So like my brother and I, like there was always, you're looking at my moles now, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I'm trying to remember the five things that you're supposed to look for with a mole like oh god i don't the, even know it's like the it's shape, like a regular a regular yeah, edges yeah edges uh location does it drift over time oh uh, uh color color yeah. does it change color does it is there one that looks different than all the rest and this is based on a dermatology appointment i had before the pandemic hit where they snipped off some stuff from my body they took two didn't they yeah there was a few on my back and one way up in the crick of my taint oh Uh, well that i hate to say this phrase but it was a skin tag (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, I don't want a skin tag where people might be wandering around. People might see that. People might be wandering people around. People might be doing stuff down there. They might be at the salad bar. Like and with fo- oh, Jesus. <laughs> Not me. I'll tell you what right now. It ain't me. So whoever else is up to it, Godspeed. Whoever else is at Ruby Tuesdays. I call my taint <laughs> Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> Whoever's making the trip to fucking Taint Tuesdays over here, because guess what? It ain't me. Unlimited salad bar. This is the, the these are the pros of having multiple partners, everyone. Because Other there, people can there, do that section of the menu. <laughs> things you just may not be interested in. It's yeah. not for you. It's not, it's not something that, you know, you've ever wanted to endeavor. Mm-hmm. And, uh. But then God bless, there's another person that's like, I love Taint Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Let's get this done. In fact, I'm here just for Taint Tuesday. <laughs> I know it's Wednesday, but I'm here for Taint Tuesday. <laughs> the salad bar is so, <laughs> so anyway, skin tags are gross. Uh, and I got, I got, a, I I got, got one snipped off. I got one snipped off, if you don't recall, uh, or if you do recall, rather, uh, while they were sewing me up after giving birth to this gal. I do recall that. They were like, oh, well, there's this thing. We could just take care of this real quick. And then I looked down there and she's threading you with a fucking fish hook and like some twine they found down in the East River or something. I'm like... God, is this a war zone? <laughs> Which I, I was like, at this point, yeah, fucking snip that fucker off. I mean, yeah. we've already done so much work to a the area. A lot of damage. Uh, Which as we... But previous, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. But as previously stated on last week's episode, we have had sex and all as well. Yes. Did we so, talk about... I don't remember. I thought we did, but maybe we didn't. I don't think we did, guys. Uh, we welcome back it. to the podcast. We did. we we did not visit Taint Tuesday, but no, sex, never have. Sex was had. Never have. Not with my face. <laughs> <laughs> never visited Taint Tuesday with my face. Um, but yeah, we had good old American sex. Good old American style. Hold on, I do want to finish my thought about moles. Yeah, yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> that, um, as a young child, my mom and her side of the family were always like discussing mm. melanomas mm. and how people had melanomas and you had to go to the dermatologist to get your moles checked. Well, this is also Bay, the Bayou, Mississippi, yeah, Gulf like Coast, fucking hundred degrees yes. sun. And a lot of them did damage in their younger years where they weren't taking care of themselves. But it was like a conversation I was very aware of starting incredibly young, which my hypochondriac child brain immediately turned into like 
so I'm dying of cancer is what you're yeah, telling yeah. me. Um, and that's what all of these moles represent mm. is like my death sentence is basically <laughs> what you're telling me. They, they form a constellation of death. <laughs> I'm like, not only are they disgusting, but they're also going to kill me. Great. Mm. Thanks so much. Um, and we've talked about acne, too, at that age. Like how like, yeah. I remember I had acne that would break out around my chin and I would try to use my mom's like lotions and salves mm. to because I was using Retin-A, I believe, Which was the medicine. Which dries your face so terribly. Yeah, so it would, it would turn my pimples into cracked like dry cracks in my face. Like that is not the solution. Which I would then try to moisturize with these like lotions and I would walk out of the house feeling like, all right, I got it. Like it's Aww. it's covered. And then I would look at my, go to the bathroom after first period and see that I just had what appeared to be like a fucking <laughs> frosted flake just on the surface of my skin. And it's like a flap of like, Aww. like clearly detached flesh Aww. from my face hanging off. And oh my God, think of all the fuck, oh, high school, holy shit. They're lucky they don't have to go back to school. I wish I could be like in a Zoom window touching up my appearance with that option in Zoom and no one would see my acne. They wouldn't smell my bad breath. They wouldn't see your moles and I could focus with my eyes in one fucking direction. I could just sit profile and not have my ears stick out. People would never see that they stick out. <laughs> or I could tape them and no one would know about the tape behind yeah, me. Yeah. Oh, God, high school. Yeah, I used to bring, there was a period where I was having breakouts on my forehead only. Mm. And I thought the solution, uh, clean and clear, had this like, you know, zit formula moisturizer, which, like, as. At least as I know now, all that stuff is fucking garbage trash that like does not help your face at all. But I would bring that to school with me mm. because of the same thing where I'd have like flakes, like mm-hmm. skin flakes. So uh, throughout the day, I mean, you know, this is where the insanity mm-hmm. began. <laughs> like, and I would go in the bathroom and like apply just like dots of moisturizer, yeah. not try to rub it in because I also had makeup on yeah. and like... Yeah. Yeah, and in, insanity. What is the answer? Like, I I do remember my mom saying, like, just don't touch your face because of, like, bacteria and whatever. Yeah. But I guess it's stress causes stuff, too. And, and when you're in high school, you have so much anxiety. Well, it's stress and hormones because your body's, like, de- definitely going through so many changes. But it's, yeah. like, putting these, like, insane trash chemicals on your face is not helping but i'm just thinking like in the last year or two of my life like the most i do is i'll take a shower and i just use regular soap with a loofah on my face yeah and like except for the pimple you popped on my temple the other day (laughs) my face has my skin has never been better but i guess that's because all my hormones have equalized yeah. Over the years, I'm almost 40. I also think less is more, always. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a marketing scheme. It's a shim, sham, flim, flam. Yeah, they know? give you all these chemicals that just... Yeah. Dry out, make it worse. You know, we all want a quick fix. We want to just, like, fix it. Yeah. We're not willing to look at the food we're eating. Like, you know, whatever. It's like yeah. a number of things. I can't wait to get into all of these things with poor little Fran. Well, that's a really good point. Like, what do we tell her when she's like, hey, my eyes won't stop rolling around <laughs> in my head? I mean, I think you tell, you you empathize. You tell her. You're like, I totally relate. I like felt like that too one time and it was hard but like you know I kept talking like you didn't really talk about it with people all the time but you can tell her like you can keep talking about it to me and your mom well friend uh, what I did was I obsessed about it for decades stuffed it inside Uh, I buried it very deep inside (laughs) and then I overcompensated in all the ways I knew how hence straight A's lots and lots of friends prom king homecoming king (laughs) Personality plus in the yearbook. And that's wow. all because of how uncomfortable I was. 
So learn to uh, get external validation and you'll be just fine. You'll be just fine. Let's get back to these cricks in our necks, though. <laughs> so I, I was talking to a friend this morning and I think I woke up with more foot pain and this crick in my neck because of all the fucking sugar I binged yesterday. Mm, oh, yeah. That's it was, my theory. The past few days have been pretty bad. But do you have a permanent crick in your neck because of child rearing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mine's temporary. <laughs> yeah, mine, well, as we know, my left side is exacerbated from service industry and uh, an old whiplash cyclone, the roller coaster injury. 2006, okay. eight? No, no. 2009. You were with Michael probably. Yeah, right? 2009. And then like a fucking idiot, I like went on it again like a few months later with my dad. See, that's where my logic would have been to ask the ride operators if they could make it go backwards to reverse well, whatever damage you did. What I did, I kind of did it physically where the first time it happened to me, my head snapped back yeah. and it was stuck like that for the whole ride. <laughs> It was so terrible. Are you, are you a fucking Roadrunner cartoon? I'm a Pez dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> I am a full Pez dispenser. Yeah, gah, 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 gah. I was in the front. <laughs> I was in the front seat. And also, I think we were talking about this recently, too. Like, I used to fucking love roller coasters and, like, Summer after college, like the first Wait, summer. Th real quick though, what did you do the second? Hold on, time? I'm gonna get to all it. Right, I'm just saying, right. summer after college, I, my friends and I, after we graduated, we were all living at home for like a longer period of time. We started going to fucking Six Flags all the time, and like we went so many times that summer. And I was like every ride the one in Massachusetts. Yeah, and it was like every single one. That was like terrifying. I was going on like multiple times. I was like thrill seeking. Okay. Mm -hmm. But then my body was like not permitting me. So I was still in that mindset when I rode the cyclone, like, I don't know, five years later or something. And uh, I sat in the front row on this rickety ass shit, arms up on the first drop, head snaps back. <laughs> velocity, velocity keeps my head in that position. And, but I think also why it got really injured is because I kept trying to pull it forward with like, the G-forces. The G-forces were pushing against me. It was so fucked. So then when I went with my dad, like several months later, I was like, okay, I'm not going to sit in the front and I'm just going to clench. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to clench and make sure my head does not snap back. So it was the same thing, except I was like clench, yeah. but still the force pushing against my neck. And if you want to enjoy any leisure activity in life, <laughs> what a clench. Even if it's visiting the Ruby Tuesdays Taint Tuesday salad bar, <laughs> just clench your entire body. Also, sidebar, uh in Coney Island, multiple people thought my dad and I were together when we Ew. were walking around. And how did that come about? Like I like one of the carnies or some oh, yeah. shit like, always, like, said, heckling. like said something to my dad about like, I don't know how lucky he was. I was like, disgusting. I'm his daughter. I'm like, can you not tell we're related? I was like, we look identical. I love that you had a Sadie Hawkins day out at Coney Island. Just the two of you. I don't know if it was just the two of us. I feel like my mom was there, but she didn't go on any of the rides. Your dad loves New York experiences. He does. So yeah. I could see, I could see yeah. that. I mean, so yeah, that's two whiplashes, 10 years of waiting tables. I always thought your whiplash was like a side, like one of the sides, but it was straight back. But I think this side was already exacerbated from, left side was exacerbated from waiting tables where I was carrying, I would carry all the trays on the mm -hmm. left so that I could use the right to like Serve. hand out things. Um, so it's never been a good side of my body. And now I'm also favoring it for the same reason where I hold her on the left so that I have my right hand to mm -hmm. do things. And uh, my neck is fucked. So. Thanks, Francis. But God, is she worth it? She's, she's in this swing, this chair swing we have. <laughs> and she was napping and now she's awake again to stare at her new object of desire. <laughs> 
She's just been staring at this for hours now, <laughs> which is just uh, the laundry hanging rack for wet laundry. <laughs> She's obsessed with something on there, I assume your swimsuit. Yeah, I but think my color block swimsuit, but maybe, maybe she's just taking shapes, it all in. It could be the shapes of the white frame. Yep. But she seems really entranced by it, and uh, hopefully she's not autistic. <laughs> but if she is, we will yes. get through it and love her. We will okay? love her no matter what. Yes. And uh, if you're a parent of a child with autism, uh, sorry, I'm a, I'm a jackass. <laughs> Well, no, I'm sorry for my comments I that know. that would be... I know what you meant. So what else is new? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we fucked it. We did fuck it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you had therapy today. I had therapy today. I talked about how I want to change careers, but like I'm not entirely sure what that means or what that's going to look like and that I just have to be okay with that space the uncertain uncertainty space yes but also like the space to explore you know are we talking flexibility what do you mean just in general as like a uh an emotional state like a a, a skill set a coping tool well yes flexibility but also um acceptance in like this is just where i am and i don't have to we my amazing therapist Nuna and I were discussing how, you know, our culture is so, um, results based. And so it's very hard to take yourself out of that mindset. Capitalism, man. Capitalism, man. Like, well, how are you going to make money doing that? Like, how are you going to make a living? You got a new kid. What are you doing? Right. Yeah. Like all that. I relate. Yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are not uh, we are not traditionalists when it comes to really much of anything, I would yeah. imagine. Um, you know, we're like so cool, so radical, so different is mm-hmm. basically what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so cool, so radical, so different. So in debt. Uh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hence the money program we go to. Anyway, I almost just totally digressed to married at first sight, but I'm going to wait. Wow. That feels like we just need to start a whole new podcast or <laughs> you. Because I'm like, Jen. who's actually watching that show? Probably more people than you realize because of pandemic. Yeah. You know? Pandemic is bringing out people's lowest <laughs> yes. t- taste level. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but, anyways, we have taken non traditional career paths and uh we also you know i think we just really what we want to enjoy what we're doing more than we want stability (laughs) i guess (laughs) you might say um i think we have stability in a lot of ways but yeah i don't know it's just like we neither of us uh are that into the concept of monday through friday nine to five Mm-mm. And I've been very fortunate and privileged enough to like not have to do that. Uh, debt permitting. <laughs> um, so I think I also just acknowledging the fact that I don't actually know how and if I want to teach yoga. So like for me to really get clear about that, I, I need to try and teach basically mm-hmm. and not just like think about it all the time. Um, and what type of, teaching do I want to do and um so I'm just trying to be open to like the uncertainty so. yeah and we're talking free yoga in the park soon that yeah. you're gonna you're I gonna don't lead soon don't put any do not pressure me <laughs> Ross will be doing free yoga in the park this weekend everybody I, mean, I, I guess it has to be somewhat soon if I do want to do it this year because it'll only be warm for so long but yeah. um yeah, I'm mulling it. A, I'm mulling it around. What What do I? I would like to provide some sort of community service in a skill set that I have and give back to the community that we live in. Um, so these are just things, you know. But I'm also a new mom, and you know, my therapist was nice enough to remind me that, like, oh, and what started all this is I'm going back to work on Thursday for one day. Mm-hmm. 
uh, which is another blessing of freelance is that I can kind of dip my toe back in. Um, so just talking about work and what I want my adult life to look like with a daughter and what sort of example I want to set mm-hmm. for her and, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pez dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> I've been back at work for, this will be week four of doing some video editing from home which has been which has been good it's uh it's only a certain amount of work so it's like i'm like doing some editing tending to the child checking in with you doing this like at our table here in the living room and that is uh it's like multitasking that when everything's working well it's it's good but then i still need to practice like there was a day last week where i had to practice like okay, it's six o'clock. This thing I'm working on is not due tomorrow morning. I'm going to stop right now. I'm going to stop doing work at 6 p.m. and go back to being with my family. Uh, So that's... Which we appreciate. Yeah, and I don't know. How has that felt for you, for me to be working from the home like that? Yeah, I think it's been okay. Um it feels different than like when you've done it in the past before we had that office space. Um, because I'm much more occupied by her, but I also feel like I can interrupt you cause it feels more pertinent as opposed to like, "Hun, I have something I need to share with you. That's not important, but mm-hmm. can you listen and take your headphones off? Thank you. <laughs> um, but I also think that, we are getting in a groove with her. Hi, Fran. She's up. <laughs> oh my God. She's so fucking cute. <laughs> Too much. Um, that I think you could go start editing at the office. Yeah. And if you wanted to, to like just have more focused time. Like, I think I would be okay alone with her for a while. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming your time. Um, Cause you're about to do that all day on Thursday. Cause I, yeah, can, I'm going to be Mr. Mom when Ross goes back to work. Cause I cannot work remotely. So, um, yeah, I think we're like getting our, our bearings. Yeah. Um, and I think it actually might be nice to see how it feels that I'm just like by myself and have the house to myself while you edit at the office. Um, and we both can like have the freedom of the space that we're in, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I'll have to look at, I'll have to talk to them about their schedule and like see if there are two specific days. Like maybe it's like right. Right, Tuesdays and Thursdays I'm at the office. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, for, I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be an eight hour day. It could be, well, I don't know. I don't know how much I want to say on the air about the arrangement I have with them. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, I think... Because that would be good for us, too, if there were two days a week. And even, honestly, it could change every week. But maybe it's just, like, by the weekend, you know what two days you're going to go to the office and do, you know? Um, Because then if I am working more... Isn't this fascinating? Just doing a little schedule prep. Yes, (laughs) yes. Well, I have something spicy I could add in here. Oh, excuse you. I mean, it's not sexually spicy, but it'll get you fired up, which is always spicy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I was sharing with you that one of the podcasts that I was editing for them. So I've been editing video for Ari Shafir, who's this great comic. I love him. I mean, he makes a lot of enemies. He's a... I've been trying to figure out how to articulate this, that... Um, many comedians are reprehensible assholes Mm. and I love them. Like I, I like certain personality types. I like certain people's approach and he has pretty much become a performance artist with Mm. his like presence in the world. Like the day Kobe Bryant died, he, he got, uh, for lack of a better term canceled because he tweeted this video of himself talking about how much of a shithead Kobe Bryant was in life. And he wasn't actually making that as his point. That's just a bit he's been doing for years where if a famous person dies, he like shits on them immediately because right. he thinks that's funny. Because it's like a it's a conversation on celebrity, celebrity. worship yeah, and yeah, hero yeah. worship. Yeah. Which I'm I'm kind of for <clears throat> that. Yeah. Um, 
Do I think it's particularly funny? I don't think that specific thing is, but I I enjoy I just enjoy what Ari does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I've been editing videos for him, and uh, he made a podcast episode that's like four hours long, where he uh, Shane Gillis, who was wrapped up in the SNL Asian racism thing, where he was fired before he was even hired, or he was hired and fired within the same day, basically. Uh, for being a racist on his podcast about Asian people. Uh, it was the two of them and then Steve Ranazisi, who lied for years about being in 9-11. It's so uh, weird. And then Corinne Fisher, who is a female comic podcaster who um, said on her podcast that she prefers uh, to date black men who are thuggish. I don't know the exact quote, but she used the word thuggish. She got canceled for that. And it was the four of them talking about, they, they he, for some reason, Ari doesn't want to say cancel culture, but it was basically a conversation about cancel culture. Really fascinating conversation. I just, I just cut the video. I didn't have anything to do with it except for editing it. So I had to listen to it. Uh, and I was just fascinated. I enjoyed all of their perspectives. I, um, again, especially Shane and Ari, those those guys fit the prototype of reprehensible assholes who I enjoy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I enjoy both of their comedy very much, but they're, like, probably terrible people, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Steve seems like a real sweetheart who made a mistake and just, like, ended up, like, living this lie. And then Corinne... Corinne, I've like seen say lots of questionable things on stage where I'm like, oh, wow, I can't believe she's saying that. But same. It's like, all right, she's a comic. She can say whatever she wants. Anyway, that's a that's the setup. And I was sharing with you that the day it aired on YouTube when the video went up. I mean, it's it's got I, I just looked at it today because I'm just curious about how far this the reaches of these videos it has like 60,000 views and like a few hundred comments and I am astounded and uh, repulsed and upset by the fact that probably 80% of the comments are about the sound of Corinne's speaking voice, the length at which she speaks, and the fact that <clears throat> she breathes too heavy between sentences. Oh, my God. And, and just basically like... All of these, like Ari has cultivated this audience um, who love him and who who all like many of them, I mean, I don't want to generalize the whole thing, but I think for a lot of people, he stands for free speech and creative freedom and like on the internet, you can say and do whatever you want. That's our right as Americans and artists and entertainers, whatever. But man, uh, a lot of his audience hates women (laughs) and it was just like I was just looking at it thinking like what a bunch of fucking vile just like I don't know it's just I just realized like man the internet is really an ugly place which I didn't just realize like of course I know that um but that got me a little bit fired up and I, I mentioned it to you and uh I think it was upsetting for you to uh hear about how all these people only want to talk about how women should yeah. i mean and her as a specific woman i mean it's upsetting but it's also like not surprising yeah you know it's not it's not maybe it was not as surprising to me as it was to you um and i wonder also do you feel like your reaction to that feels more um more upsetting because now you have a daughter or do you think you'd be equally as upset? I think it's equally because I still don't really view Fran as a, uh, like we were, we've been talking about this, like where it's like, it does, she doesn't feel like girl or boy. It's just like this tiny little organism we have to like care for. Who is very cute. But yes, I suppose if I do like envision her life as a woman in the future, uh, yeah, it is upsetting that that's going to be a thing that is like just an extra layer that people 
have to like get through before they accept her and her opinion or her thoughts or feelings. Yeah. Um, Well, it's interesting because you were, you were telling me about this episode that it was like these people that have been canceled, quote unquote. And I sort of like immediately rolled my eyes because I was just like, I don't need to hear about these like three white people being canceled. Um, or feel really bad for them, honestly. Um, and we were kind of talking about how, like, none of these people's freedom of speech has been taken away just because people have, like, shit all over them on the internet. Like, they can still say whatever the fuck they want to. So it's really about, like, you have to suffer more consequences for saying the things that you want to in this public sphere, mm-hmm. you know? Um and I don't know, for me, I, I don't, I don't necessarily relate to any of those people. And I would like to think that if I got called out for saying something that like, I would want to take the approach of like, I've got something to learn here as opposed to like, poor me, why can't I say whatever the fuck I want without getting shit? You mm-hmm. know, it's like, use it as a fucking learning opportunity, which I don't know, maybe some of them were saying that I didn't listen to it, but, um, yeah, it's just like, if you're not talking about your own experience and you're just like firing off on different opinions that you have and you're like some of the most privileged, like group, you're part of the most privileged group when it comes to like socioeconomic like, and race, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not learning a lesson, I don't really care. Um, But then on top of it, I do. It's, it's like part of the conversation, right? That then all of these commenters are like commenting on this woman and nothing else. And that's their right. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like, um, you know, does this, comedian who has this space does he have a responsibility to like communicate with these people and like say what he stands for in some sort of way or does he just let that shit happen because every like freedom of speech is more important than anything else even though it may have to do with like harming someone or hate speech or threatening violence like it's very complicated. I'm, I'm so curious about the uh, the calculus that goes into it with somebody like him with a following like that. Because I noticed when I posted a few Black Lives Matter things, I can, I'm not sure that I lost followers on Instagram because of that. But I definitely noticed like I lost a bunch of followers. It also could have been because my feed has turned into photos of my child and my... <laughs> And my dog. Which I think they would like that more than you like publicizing your shows and stuff. (laughs) I know, I know. But, uh, but so sometimes I do think about like, well, who am I alienating if I post this thing or whatever? It's like, who the hell cares? I mean, I'm a a nobody. But someone like... You're a nobody. But somebody like him, if he were to do a whole podcast episode about how many of his fans are misogynists and why misogyny is wrong or, you know, an exploration of misogyny in general. I would love that for him. (laughs) (laughs) If he, if he did an episode like that, I wonder if he really thinks to himself, well, if I do that, I'm going to lose all these subscribers. Yeah, I don't know. You know, which like how fucking sad is that? Yeah. You know, to like bring up something that is just, it's a fact, but people will act like it's not, a fact that like misogyny exists, yeah. sexism exists, racism, racism exists. Like these things are happening in real time on the internet, in person, like they exist. Yeah. They affect yeah. our society. It's systemic. It's ingrained. People don't question it enough. Like there's so much to have a conversation about, but like, yeah, like would call having almost an obvious conversation about something that exists would then fire up deniers who, you know, want to be like, oh, I can say whatever I want. It's like, yeah, we're not saying you can't. You you are clearly. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking. It's fucking complicated, but also like not. You know? Yeah. Well, it's also. 
the radical radicalization that happens on the internet, like it just it just happens so organically, and it's so like just the fact that like I I I listened to this podcast last week about. QAnon and mm-hmm. how QAnon is like getting its claws into regular people mm-hmm. and how they use the um, the sex trafficking yeah. memes like yeah. the save the children memes yeah. to get regular people to be like, yeah, why aren't we talking about saving all these children who are in danger? Why are we talking about Black Lives Matter when... There are hundreds of thousands of children being kidnapped there a day. There are hundreds of thousands of white children <laughs> yeah. being kidnapped, yeah. okay? And it's like, if that was true, then yes, that is insane. And we should be talking about that. But it's like, not true. And so like, I was just... And it's been going on forever. Like, sex trafficking is a thing that has literally been going on since like the dawn of time. Yeah. So like, why are you fired up about it right this minute? Because you saw a fucking meme? Like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah, and I searched that hashtag and the number of people like from... Like, I searched it in my Facebook to see who of my friends post about it. Yeah. And like the number of hometown... Like, like yeah. The number of people who are getting wrapped up in it are fucking idiots. I'm just like, holy shit, that's how this works. Yep. That's how these movements uh, keep building numbers. And uh, Well, and I had an interaction over that with somebody I went to college with, which was like the same thing. It was some fucking like random list of Democratic politicians that are involved mm. in some sort of scandal. Uh And this girl I was, like, friendly with. We, like, shared a dorm senior year. Um, And I actually don't... I I don't interact much with anyone on Facebook. I have kind of an OCD thing with Facebook where I go on it, see if I have any alerts, like, hit that button so it doesn't have a number on it, and then I, like, typically just go Mm -hmm. right off. (laughs) Or I, like, am entrenched in some stupid, like, parent group that's, like, selling me, like, used furniture. Mm -hmm. Um, But this girl posted woman posted some other meme from some other fucking conservative, you know, Trump supporting psychopath like real news this week. Now.com. It, it, it wasn't <laughs> even a source at all. It was literally just a list with no source cited whatsoever, except that it was from get ready for it. Pam Dunn Williams. Oh, Pam Dunn Williams. <laughs> it was from some fucking woman's Facebook page named Pam Dunn Williams. She quotes herself on her Facebook page. I mean, mind you, it's actually like one of the greatest discoveries because like this woman is a full SNL character. Mm-hmm. Like Cecily Strong should be playing this woman. She might already be like doing it on SNL. <laughs> and this woman quotes herself constantly, like everything she posts, she put, puts her full name or so it's Pam Dunn Williams, which like that is not a name. Pam Dunn Williams or Pissy Pam. Pissy Pam. Pissy Pam. Should we read something? Yeah, I'm gonna go on Pam um, Dunn Williams. So, th- so this, you know, this college-educated woman who I went to college with, who lives in, you know, quote unquote liberal Massachusetts. Although, as we all know, there's conservative morons everywhere. Um, just like reposted this thing. Um, from some fucking, you know, Facebook lunatic who I think her header reads like, you know, God loving conservative man loving Trump supporter Christian or whatever. Um, and a lot of amazing photos with um, hashtag pissy Pam. Uh, Is it D-U-N-N? D-U-N-N, yeah. Pam Dunn Williams. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's got like 3000 followers. <laughs> Yeah, Y'all like, don't ever hear me talk about family, but today I'm beside myself. Oh, I don't want to read this. <laughs> her dad. Back out. Her, back out quick. Her, her back, dad no, died. Sh- nothing. We're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. Pull up one of her political posts. Um, so I commented on this knowing like it wasn't going to get me anywhere, but I just like I had to call attention to this. And I was like, so what is this about for you? Like you you don't think Democrats are saviors. You like suddenly are really invested in this like sex trafficking issue. Um, Are you a big fan slash believer of Pam Dunn Williams? Like how is this a credible, like I basically just asked her a number of questions 
to let her know that I think she's a fucking idiot. Um, and she retorted, she was like, no, I don't think Democrats are saviors. I'm like, yeah, no shit. That was like what I was at. Like, you know, she didn't even understand my questioning basically. Mm -hmm. And didn't address Pam Dunn Williams at all. Uh, and was just like, I just want these people to be brought to justice. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my close friend, Heather, who we went to college together also, and she knows this person, she, of course, wrote a much more eloquent, like pointing out all of the hypocrisy of the thing that it's like, you're not actually helping anyone that is involved, like any of the victims involved in sex trafficking are not being benefited by you calling out specific Democrats and what they're doing. Um, and you're actually just kind of making it more political than actually about the issue of victims and sex trafficking to which she <clears throat> completely ignored that comment because it just like made too much sense and was like too intelligent, I guess. And then some, um, uh, army member, what do you call it? Military person. Uh, I don't know. His photo had a picture of him with guns in, uh, military paraphernalia. And he started making fun of how all these women were having arguments about politics and like there are children suffering. So, you know, it was an interesting time, but the be the best reveal was Pam Dunn Williams, I would say, out of this. All right, here's a non-political, just kind of good, clean, fun one. <laughs> so she writes, she authors her own memes. <laughs> yes. And they're word graphics on Facebook. Yes. And this one's kind of fun. Two days ago. So... I don't even know if she's from the South, but we're, I'm being prejudiced and pretending she is. So I went to a bar the other day and they said, you look like you need a beer. I said, well, you look like you need a facelift. Pissy Pam. She signs them on the pissy bottom. Pissy Pam. Does that one say Pissy Pam? Yes. Next one. So I walked into a restaurant the other day and they said, mind if I take your temperature? I said, sure. As long as you don't mind if I take yours, Pissy Pam. <laughs> Go to up now. There's th this one is a political one. Okay. She also doesn't know that a lot is two words. Okay. Oh, and when it's political, it's not pissy Pam. It's Pam Williams. Yeah, she, it's she, Pam Dunn Williams. She signs off on her own quotes with her name. You want to know what it feels like when I'm in church? <laughs> oh, no, wait. This Is this the one? Yeah, well, yeah. No, this one is interesting. Also, this is more religious. Like, can John Early please play this woman? Like, this is Vicky well, with think, a V. I think we need to do Patty. Yeah, uh, we're, we're going to create a character around. Patty Dick's Wayne's coat. Yeah, that's the name we're playing with right now. I'm not sure if it quite has the flow that we need. Of, of Pam Dunn Williams. I mean, that's the thing. Her name is so good. I wish we could just be Pam Dunn Williams. You want to know what it feels like when I'm in church? <laughs> I can't even get through this. It feels like a storm is coming. A volcano is going to erupt beneath my seat. Pam. Girl, that's from Tex-Mex. That ain't God. That's Tex-Mex. That's Taint Tuesday, yeah. sister. Yeah. Get that skin tag snipped. <laughs> it feels like a storm is coming. A volcano is going to erupt beneath my seat. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. If your preacher is preaching on Sunday and you feel like a bouquet of roses has been presented to you, you're in the wrong church. It's just that simple. What? <laughs> God's word is not to be presented to you like a vase of roses. No, it comes with thorns and a lot of them. Pam Williams. <laughs> she does have a way with words. That is a great turn of phrase. Is it? Like, that is an insane analogy. It comes a with vase thorns. of roses. It comes with thorns and a lot of them. But also, then one might say that it does come like a vase of roses. No, she... Oh, right, right, Because right. she says it comes with thorns and roses come with thorns. So yeah. you're a fucking idiot, Pam. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at this photo of Pam on a bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where um, is she based? Go down Go down and read, read the political one, though, because that one's got an interesting point to it it's down no it's under the one you just read it's just one down from that oh folks <laughs> folks <laughs> i mean she's probably from the south right <laughs> folks i can't encourage you enough to find glory in our flag to shout about our forefathers to stand up for the constitution and protect 
your rights. You're America's. And she didn't use the right your either. You're America's promise. Stand up. <laughs> Pam Williams. Pam Williams. She's dropping the done. Is she running for office? It sounds like she's no, running. No, but she's probably like my Aunt Margo where she's like, fighting like she has like a state representative google jay reedy then we can find out what state she's in jay reedy is somebody that she's she posted some fucking trump meme and says it's a dumbass looking photo of trump with the slogan we have your back trump jay reedy state representative let me see this <laughs> oh god that is a horrifying sure i mean they it's it's like, why are you going so hard for this guy? Like, yeah. I don't fucking get it. Like, even if you are racist and stupid and She's hateful. In Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Yep. Jay Rady. And here are her likes. Uh, traveling, swimming, beauty, fishing, beauty. reading. What's her headline? Give me the headline. Fun-loving, writer, vocal, honest, inspiring, God, America, and man-loving, conservative Republican. You think she's a feminist? <laughs> but you know what? These, these are the women, okay? These are the women, like the Phyllis Schlafly's, that are like anti-feminist and anti-woman. But like, why do you think you're able to like be on here yelling and preaching and like having all these opinions if it weren't for women before you who were like vocal and out there yeah. fighting for freedom here. <sighs> Don't get me started. Speaking of rights of women, I got to breastfeed my fucking kid. It's time. <laughs> it is time. She has the right to the nip. We're going to free the nip. Free the nip. What I'm is also the hashtag? feeling lightheaded and I need to drink some more water. What is the hashtag on Facebook? Regarding? Free the nipple. Yeah. No, there's another one on Stop breastfeeding. Stop censoring motherhood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. Tits out. Well, thanks for tuning in, y'all. That was fun. That was. <laughs> we have fun. Pam Dunn Williams. I wish you wouldn't drop the done. Anyways, love y'all. Bye. Bye. Maybe that's the ending. It's me being like, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> <laughs>